We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Here comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 250 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. Pierre, how you boys doing today? Man, I'm excited, bro. It's game week again. Now we're breaking out the Commanders. That's weird to say, but breaking out the Commanders. Malcolm, what's up with you, bro? Woo, let's go, man. Yo, I'm good, man. How y'all boys doing today, man? Got your voice back, which is good. <laughs> it's kind of kind of man it's kind of there man i'm almost, almost gonna do the woo today man sounds better all right we got ourselves a very very special guest we got former nfl player anthony armstrong who used to play for the washington football team we, we can't say the name i guess anymore so i'm just gonna stick with the football team uh now commanders anthony how you doing man man i'm good it's been it's been a long day eventful i've been making the rounds so I already talked to a few Detroit folks. I'm I'm, I'm glad to, to jump on with y'all. I appreciate it. Yeah, Anthony. Before we get into the, the Commanders and what they do well and what their weaknesses, what do you do? Uh, where could they find you at? Oh man, shoot! Well, I do a few different things. But you can catch me on the Believe in Commanders podcast. That's on all your platforms. Wherever you listen to it, we have it there. Uh, so check us out there. Follow us at, at Believe Commanders on Twitter. Uh, if you hit me up on Twitter as well, shoot Mr. Armstrong thirteen. I think it's in my name. There we go. Somebody came on my show once. I'm following Malcolm's lead. Throw your Twitter handle in your name so you can just tell people to look right on the screen. So just hit me up on Twitter, man. We'll talk bourbon. We'll talk football. We'll talk a little golf. All right, let's do this. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's get into the injury report for both teams, and we'll get rolling on this this commander's offense and defense. Uh, Peter, what's the Lions injury report looking like on this Wednesday? (laughs) It's not looking too good. Uh, Michael Brackers has a knee in practice. Taylor Decker capped in a practice. Tommy Kramer backed in a practice. Frank Ragnar still dealing with that groin foot issue. He didn't practice. John J. Switch with an ankle injury. He didn't practice. Jonah with a finger was limited. 
if he was limited with a hamstring, and then Julian Acquara was a full protection. But I just wanted to say something regarding Swift. He said he was fine. He rolled his ankle in the second half, so it sounds like he's going to play. Just being cautious with him. Okay. Yeah. Usually Wednesday, uh, and the injury report is usually the day you don't want to base too much off on. It's usually Friday is is the day you can kind of get a better determination if these guys are going to play or not. Wednesday is the first day of practice of the week, so we'll see as the week goes on. But that is the Wednesday injury report. Anthony, do you have the Commanders injury report? If not, I have it right in front of me. No, I don't have it in front of me. I do know that uh, Fedarian Mathis went to IR and and they uh, signed a signed a young man to come in and play D tackle. But I do not have their injury report. Okay, um, let me let me pull it up. Here, it. do you have it? I got it. Just go ahead yeah, and read it. it. Yeah, go ahead. Guard, yeah, 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 read it, man. guard West is it Schweitzer Armstrong? I'm not. West yeah, Schweitzer, Schweitzer with a hamstring didn't practice. Uh, Jonathan Allen with a groin was limited. Uh, Cam Curl, their starting safety, has a thumb limited. Jamin Davis was out for personal reasons. Their first round back from last year. Guard Trey Turner, quad was limited. And then tight end Cole Turner was a full present with a hamstring injury. Commanders are pretty healthy other than they obviously lost their big nose tackle. But they, they seem like they're pretty healthy right now. Yeah, fortunately made it out of that first game with, with just, just one losing one guy. It sucks to lose anybody, but... You know, right. not not a lot of not a lot of nicks, not a lot of not not a lot of banged up players. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get into this week one game when you guys played the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you guys ended up pulling it out. You guys started the season one and zero. Coming into Detroit right now as as an underdog, but starting the season one and zero. How are Commanders fans feeling after that week one performance versus Jacksonville? Oh man, everybody's riding high. I mean, they're feeling good right now. You know, you. He, when the when the team was down 14 points, that's when everybody was like, here we go, same old Washington. You know, the, we knew it, but then they fought back. They came back and scored two huge touchdowns at the end of the game to end up, hell, winning it at the end. So everybody's elated. Everybody's riding on a high, and I think that's the right thing to do. But, you know, they got to make sure they show up uh, and play their play their ball whenever they go, uh, go into Ford Field. Okay. A question about your quarterback, Carson Wentz. You know, he's obviously new to the team. He got traded from the Indianapolis Colts in the offseason. Um, how, how are Commanders fans feeling about him? I know you guys have gone kind of a quarterback shuffle, didn't really know the answer there. Now getting Carson Wentz, what's the reaction between the fan base right now? I mean, I think back in the summer when he first made that trade, I know I personally was just kind of like, I don't know. You know, it wasn't anything sexy. It just wasn't a big name. But you also knew that you weren't going to get the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers. Those guys weren't going to Washington. So at the time, I mean, that was the trade that was available, and they did what they had to do. took me a little bit of time to kind of just sit back and just digest it and understand we're upgrading this position. You do now have arguably the second best quarterback in the division. Now Dak is down. So you could say, hey, you're, you probably have one of the better quarterbacks in the division, most experienced. He's been to the Super Bowl, so it's good to have him under center. Uh, but he brings a lot to this team. And the way he was putting the ball downfield, that deep pass to Terry McLaurin late in the fourth quarter, that was a hell of a pass. And that's what people were expecting from him, to bring that deep ball, uh, to be able to push the ball downfield, challenge some defenses, and, and spread the ball around to the offense. He did a really good job of that week one. What do you feel like will be like this team's strength going in, going to this week, as far as you know everything with you know on offense and defense? Man, you know, uh, offensively, the strength is they're they're riding on momentum. You know, I think they've realized they've faced some adversity. Uh, throw two picks, then throw two touchdowns and, you know, and, and go close it out at home. I mean, that's tough to do. 
that's tough to do. So I think riding on that momentum, it lets you lets them know what they can and what they can do, what they can achieve, and understand that they have a lot of room to grow as an offense. I mean, I didn't expect them to be this good, uh, and and I'm using the term loosely. Good. You know, they played really well, but it was week one and you didn't know what to expect from them coming off of the preseason. And they did better and put up more points than I was expecting uh, with the four touchdowns from Carson Wentz. So uh, coming in with some momentum, I think that's going to be the biggest part uh, um, on defense. I mean, shoot, they had some big stops, but there were some opportunities that were missed by Jacksonville. So uh, ideally, I'm hopefully hoping that defense can tie some things up, be a little bit more sound because they have a hell of an attack coming at them this week. So uh it's going to be it's going to be a struggle, uh, but the defensive strength is is that defensive line. Uh, Montez Sweat led the league in pressures this past week, and overall, just there was so much pressure on Trevor Lawrence. If you can get that same type of activity and put that on Jerry Goff, I think it'd be successful. Now, Sweat normally lines up against the right tackle, right? Or do they move him around? Uh, he's been moving around a little bit. I think they, they have enough players where they can kind of flip sides. Um, ideally, you'd have Chase Young uh, on that opposite side. But, you know, the, the Washington won't get that opportunity until right. at least week four, week five. So, uh, But he, he did some work from both sides. All right. Um, so my biggest concern with Washington, honestly, is I watched like a little of their clips this past weekend. They have a lot of eye candy, right? Like a lot of guys running, going, charge piece of defense. You have a lot of speed. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. And then you got Gibson and um, McKissick. We know McKissick from Detroit. Those two guys are both great receivers out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, how the hell do you defend that? Man, I I, I think um, it, it, it's getting to the point where they have so many players that, that can make plays. Everybody's going to be spread out. Um I would feel that the key for Detroit's defense is just finding a way to limit the big plays. If you can tackle somebody the first time rather than giving up, you know, broken, broken tackles, more yards after the catch. And that that's going to be something that you have to expect to try to, you know, try to achieve because it gets so difficult trying to cover everybody. Whenever you have literally five receivers, you know, McKissick, former receiver, Antonio Gibson, former receiver, plus those other, you know, three receivers. I mean, hell Logan Thomas played quarterback, but He's a he's a big target as well. I mean, shoot, Armani Rogers, quarterback, but Cole Turner used to play receiver. So everybody can catch the ball. Uh, So now, I mean, shoot, it just comes down to if you can one, if you can stay close to people, that's going to be helpful. But wants to spread the field out so much, I mean, it's just open open zones. Hopefully, you know, y'all are hoping that Aiden Hutchinson can get home and try to create some pressure and force the ball to come out a little bit quicker. Yeah, that's that's the hope. That's the hope. <laughs> he did a good job last week, though. Like he was flashing, but he, he would he would get deep into the into the pocket, but then Hertz would work his way up and out of the way. So, um, I think once Aiden kind of learns, he I think he's got to learn the league a little bit more. I mean, he's a rookie; it was his first game. So, right. you come out bad out of hell, like people will escort you around and outside the club. You know what I mean? You think you're getting around the edge and then good quarterbacks step up in the pocket. So he'll he'll evolve. He'll get that up and under move going hopefully week three. He doesn't need to try to bring it out week two. <laughs> week three, let that thing go, man. Get a little up and under at that time. Not not this week. And, like, Carson Wentz is not Jalen Hurts, like, with mobility. So I think that's a big – I mean, I don't know if you watched the tape last week, but literally, like, Detroit, I thought they, the defense was good, and then once – once the pressure got there, yeah. you were playing a lot of man coverage. 
everyone's backs are behind and he just scrambles for a first down. Oh yeah. I mean, I watched the, I watched the tape, the whole, the whole, the whole game. And I was just, the defense, defense played well. um, But like you said, it was just too, you couldn't get him off the field and he just found a way to just continually run the ball. And then there was just that whole spell where he just, they didn't decide to cover AJ Brown. I'm not sure what, you know, what that was, but, AJ Brown was going off. Like, I don't get it. You let me know. Yeah. Especially to play on the at the end of half. Pretty much yeah. covered. Yeah. He had to go. I mean, it 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 I mean, I, I understand how the, the running game is definitely gonna affect, you know, the passing. And Philly has a lot of window dressing too. So uh, you know, Washington may pick a few of those plays and then try to replicate something of their own uh that was successful, but Hopefully Washington cannot try to give away 35 points. So, so we can't let that happen. <laughs> cannot let that happen. Yeah, uh, Anthony. Yeah. I, I was just gonna say about about um the first overall pick. You guys put the first overall pick in that game, Trayvon Walker. And yeah, actually had a pretty solid game for a debut. Um and, and the Lions playing a different style of quarterback this time. How do you expect a guy like Aiden Hutchinson to kind of compare uh versus this Washington Commanders offensive line? You know, uh, he's going against uh, – there's going to be some veterans, uh, at least on one side. You've got uh, Trey Turner. He's back. He's 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 sat out, but he's there. Um, on the opposite end, you got Sam Cosby. So he's a second-year guy, a little young guy. You know, Hutchinson's going to be still fiery. He's he's a he's a young guy who's going to have all the energy in the world and try to do, all, do a lot of moves. And you don't get picked second overall if you're not good at football. So it's one of those things you just don't underestimate people. You know, I think that happens all too often. They assume that, oh, he's not going to do anything. It's like, man, you go out here and you will get your ass whooped today. I don't know if I can say this on the blue wire, but you you will get your ass whooped out here. You can say whatever you want, bro. There we go. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's it's, he's a good player, and he got picked second overall for a reason, and he was projected to go first overall for a reason. Now, I don't want him to do any acrobatic interceptions this game. Like I said, wait till week three to do all those fun things. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's going to be a test. I mean, Washington's O-line, they gave Carson, you know, the longest time to deliver the ball last week. It was about three seconds, 3.1 or so. So they know that they're going to deal with some pressure. Aaron Glenn, he did like he turned it up. That's what – there was a lot of pressure early. Jalen handled it. Then he had to back off and play a lot of zone. And that's when there were the dink and the Duncan was going on. So – Right. Uh, if Washington's able to handle the blitz and handle the pressure, um, you know, you have to assume Aaron Glenn's going to try to make Carson Wentz do, uh, you know, get the ball in his hand quickly, try to make him throw the ball, uh, put them in you know tough situations on, on running the ball. So, you know, he's going to try to speed up his process and, and we'll see how they handle that blitz. I think they, I think they're going to be okay. Um, last week, Carson was pretty solid against the blitz and the O-line's been doing well. McKissick, he can pick up the blitz as well. Yeah, we know that. Hey, Prime Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, so the betters can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S. 
T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash BlueWire. All Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so I do have a question regarding uh, the secondary, right? You have Kendall Fuller, William Jackson. I forgot the other dude, damn it. Um, yeah, Benjamin St. Juice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Minnesota? Yeah. The kid out of Minnesota. Big, yep. big corner, big long corner. Yeah. Uh, so my question is with those guys, obviously William Jackson, like you guys signed, I believe from Cincy, I think it was, right? Yep, that's right. He, he was supposed to have a big year last year, kind of struggled. It looks like week one he was kind of struggled, so – you think it's the scheme with him, or he's still adjusting to it, or what's going on with like the secondary watch? Because they got some players that like there's yeah. some talent there. It's just not, it's not like gelling. What, what's up with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, I I find that secondaries overall, that just that umbrella, they have to be on the same page uh, because you the safety has to know what the corner is going to do, and vice versa, how you're going to play certain certain coverages. And and he did get a little handsy last week. He drew a couple of penalties, and you don't want those to happen, but uh, I would say that for more for him, I'm going to lean on it being getting adjusted. All right. Hopefully, you know, it's it, it's more on that side. And, and a lot of times you will see somebody that changes the scheme. You know, if you go from one defense that uses you in a particular way. I mean, if you go back and look at uh, Namdi Awesome, was a name from way back when right. before a lot of folks were, may have been born. But Namdi was known as this bomb-ass man-to-man corner and it, with the Raiders. The and then he, the he went to Philly, and Philly started playing him in zone, and he was getting just turned around, and it was just nobody was scared of him. you know. So those things happen. I, hopefully that's not what it is with Jackson. I think just overall as that unit, they're, just, they're finally starting to be able to gel a little bit. They played well last week, and getting Cam Curl back in the mix should help with that communication. Um, going to going back to what you're saying about with the offense, man. I noticed when I was looking at, I didn't get to go through all the tape. But I went back and watched some of the game of when you guys played Jacksonville. Um, a lot of a lot of the things you guys were doing to counter the the pressure that Jacksonville was doing was a lot of short passes. I noticed a lot of screens and and just a lot of short passes. Um, especially with Curtis Samuel's man, they 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 find a way to get Curtis Samuel, um, open a lot, man. Yeah, absolutely, and th- that was really good Good play calling on Scott Turner, get the ball out of Carson's hand quickly, get guys in rhythm. You know, I, I love the fact that he went to Curtis Samuel early 
and really went to Jahan early, missed that pass. But he wanted to get Carson going, and and really when the defense is giving you those short passes, just take it. I mean, just take it. Take what they give you. No need to force anything. I mean, and Carson was pretty clean until later on. I mean, yeah, he threw those. That that first pick was was a bad I said, bad idea. He, he should have thrown it away earlier or just gotten off of Dotson. That was a long-ass throw. The second one, that was an amazing play by Trayvon Walker. I mean, that's what I, I put that on. If, if somebody makes that play, it's just one of those like, hey, he, he broke, came off of his his, uh, his lineman and dove in and caught the ball. Like, what do you want me to do? So uh, I think that, you know, the short passing game, it, it, it's also an extension of the running game. You know, this isn't a team that I don't see them leaning on the run uh, throughout the year. I mean, whenever Brian Robinson comes back, sure, maybe they hand it off a few more times. But with that lineup that they have now, you know, I don't see them you know, trying to run heavily. I don't see somebody having 20 carries by themselves until Brian Robinson gets back in. Got you. I was going to ask about your running back room because it seemed like Robinson, before the tragedy happened, like he was going to be the starting back. I think he was oh. announced as the oh, starting yeah. back. Oh, yeah. So what what happened to Antonio Gibson? Because, you know, he seemed like he was that guy two years ago when he got drafted, had a really big year, and then – Last year seemed like it was kind of an up and down year. What kind of happened in year three to him, you know, to lose his job to to Brian Robinson? Yeah, he had the fumbling issues, you know, finishing last year. And then the first preseason game it was like well, early first couple of carries, he fumbled the ball again. And so that was just like picking a scab and, you know, it just reopened those wounds. And people, people really weren't fond of that. Uh, but shoot, Brian Robinson came in and ran like a bat out of hell. I mean, he ran angry. He ran uh, with some with his weight behind his pads, he, he fell forward, and he brought the power run uh, mentality to that offense. And and it's really, in my eyes, it's not necessarily like a benching of Antonio Gibson. It's it's more of a let's find a better way to use this guy. And now you know you look at that tape, you see him running routes out of the backfield. They're using him as a receiver more. And he ran the ball fourteen times, caught seven passes. That's twenty one catches, twenty one touches. I put him at a guy that needs to get about 20 touches a game. I don't want Antonio Gibson carrying the ball 20 times. I want him to get in the, get touching the ball 10 to 20 times or 20 times total in some sort of combination. When you get Robinson back, let Robinson tote the note for about 15, 16, 18 carries. Let him wear some people down. McKissick and Gibson will be your your uh, you know lightning and your flash to to try to make some big plays happen. So uh, t- Tyler, Tyler, real quick, man, Brian Robinson, what college you went to, man? Alabama. Roll tie, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Alabama. Uh, <laughs> so with no Robinson right now, and you kind of put it in a role with Gibson where you don't want him carrying the ball that often. And we know J.D. McKissick. You know, he's never been a guy that's going to carry the ball more than, you know, 10 times a game probably. He's more of a receiving back, like you said, picking up blocks on third down or whatever. So without Robinson, is is it really the, the, the commander's offense just leaning on Carson once and trying to get that passing game going without Robinson for now? Well, you know, I don't think Brian Robinson was going to be a, like the guy that you run the offense through. I okay. just think he bring he was going to bring a certain mentality where you could say, hey, it's late in the game. We need to run it. Let's hand it off to this this big guy in the backfield. Let him tote the note and, and just lead us on home. Yeah, I, I do think the ex- extension of the uh, running game, like I said, that short passing game, Curtis Samuel had a few running uh, few carries as well jet sweeps things of that nature getting the ball out on screens quickly those are glorified one runs they've always been from way back in the gap now they just do them in more exotic ways but i mean you see a screen pass to a to a receiver that's just a way to get somebody imagine a toss uh, but you're just quickly getting out on the edge so 
those are extensions of the of the run game. It's, it's not always going to be, you know, handed off to the running back for thirty carries a game. You, you can mix it in and 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 make something make some mix. Make the some Lions shit, like to do call like a lot of like screens and stuff like that. And to your point, actually, Dan Campbell praised Scott Turner about that game plan he had last week. He said he had a lot of. He said they don't have any big guys, but they got a lot of speed, and Scott Turner knows how to use that speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I can say that I'm, you look at the for the position. I mean, everybody's. I think the tallest receiver is is Cam Sims. He's six five. But outside of that, it's six uh, six foot at the, at the top. I think it is. I think that might be Terry. Everybody else is like five eleven, five ten. I'm five eleven, and that's not short by any means. But you but I'm you understand. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, you got y'all got DJ Chark. He's about six five, so y'all got some it's big bodies out there, yeah. right? So it, there's a difference. There's a difference, and and whenever you have a big receiver, the the plays you call can be different. The routes you call are going to be different. The fact that the quarterback is like, I, I'm I'm gonna just throw it over here because he's six five and he has reach, he has long wingspan. Right. Uh, but these smaller guys, you don't necessarily want them running routes that require them to have to body somebody up you have to move them around and try to create leverage for them but they can run some routes now it's a dangerous receiving crew now you don't don't get it twisted don't sleep on them just because they're a little bit shorter they All will right. put some numbers up they call him scary terry for a reason you know because he will <laughs> he will put he will put it on you he will put it on you all right so yo mr armstrong i'm gonna put you on the spot really quickly so I'm gonna just say, all right. We, we could just pretend you're the o, the OC for the Commanders. What will be your game plan this week um, to you know have a successful game offensively against the Detroit Lions? My game plan against Detroit this week, um, I honestly will say, you kind of got to replicate what you did last week. You know, the the the, the, the scheme seemed to be similar to what Philly does, except Philly was more run heavy. Um, I think that being able to get the ball out of the hands quickly. You know you're going to have a fast, angry D-line, you know, with, with Hutchison and, and uh, well, Brockers. I know Brockers had an injury, so he may not we be there. Charles but Harris. Charles, Charles Harris, Harris is out there. So you guys have a few players that are going to want to rush the passer, and you know that's what they're going to want to do. Um, so being able to negate the, negate the pass rush, getting the ball out of the hands quickly, uh, there, there's definitely some zones out there to be to be picked. I mean, I don't think that there's a guy on – defense that where you just like hey don't throw his way i don't think i don't think that y'all have that in detroit i mean it's it's no shade i mean like i said you get a whole unit to play together you can make some things shake but um you don't have this one guy where like hey this half the field's covered so i think i think you're gonna have time you got to protect carson Wentz. you got to keep him upright um that's going to be the ultimate key you'll get tested early so i need to get the ball out quickly i'm thinking screens uh, but then occasionally I'm going to take a shot. If I think I have this thing locked up, I got to be ready to take a shot um, and get get Detroit. I need to play – essentially my offense needs to play defense, if you will. I need to score fast. I need to score points. That way y'all don't just turn around and try to hand it off to DeAndre Swift all day. If it's a handoff to Swift and Jamal Williams day, it's going to be a long day for the Burgundy and Gold. I think that's what we want. I think that's what Detroit obviously wants to do as well, just control that clock run them down and then play action everything else starts from yeah there. yeah and I, I could say i was impressed with jared Goff. i think that he did he did some some things that i wouldn't have expected him to do like he threw the ball downfield more than i expected he wasn't as accurate he didn't wasn't very accurate with it but they took those shots and i think that 
that's something that uh, as a defense you have to pay attention to. Um, and frankly, the linebacker side of, of Washington, excuse me, the linebacker side of Washington, they're going to have to really one be sound on the run, but then two, they got to react to that play action pass. I mean, Jacksonville really ate up the, the, the defense on some play action passes. So it's going to be a little chess match, and, and I feel like whoever makes the most mistakes is probably going to lose. It doesn't sound like a clairvoyant thing, but you, I don't. I think in this game, two turnovers, a two turnover uh, differential, uh, the person who gives it up twice is probably going to lose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. So we talk about difference makers all the time in this podcast. Uh, a guy you circle when you're playing this team. When you look at this Commanders team, both offensively and defensively. Do you have any guys where an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, they're circling, we have to worry about this guy? Yeah, I think I think that you're going to see the commanders put a big circle on Hutchison. Um, you know, like I said, you're, you're drafted second overall. You're for a reason. Um, really good guy. So you, you want to make sure that you are controlling him. Uh, I think that's going to be the main one. Like I said earlier, don't really have a lot of guys that just that splash over, over there uh, with Detroit. Good team, solid players, but just nobody that's just like, yep, this is the guy that anchors it down. So right. it's going to be it's going to be controlling Aiden Hutchinson in that pass rush. Um, if I flip it and you're on defense, I mean, it's it's got to be those running backs. It's got to be those running backs. You have to make sure that they can't fall forward. You got to make sure they you stop them for three yards. Don't let them get four and five because there were a lot of a lot of huge gaps against Philly. I mean, I was like looking, I was like, geez, Louise. There's just so much man. space to run. Yeah. They're going to do a lot of trap plays, man. The, the O-line's oh. legit, man. I mean, yeah. I, they're, they're banged up right now, but I don't know if that's necessarily rest. We'll find out more later in the week. But if those guys are healthy, yeah. they'll fuck you up. Like, Man, I, I would literally. I would honestly – I would take it as rest. You know, I would assume it's rest. I mean, yeah, I think Dan knows that you're playing a very physical brand of football. And you also know that you have an extra week of football. So you need to be a little bit more cautious. There's no need to, you know, try to run your guy out there on a Wednesday and then something get rolled up. It's mostly basic install stuff. There's probably a few wrinkles and they can touch on those later on. So I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. Uh, But uh, whenever I played ball with Dante Stallworth and he would talk about Bill Belichick from time to time, he said, Bill Belichick would say the injury report. He says, don't worry. He'll be there. So Frank Ragnow, don't worry, he'll be there, right? <laughs> Taylor Lewan, don't worry, he'll be there. That's exactly. the way you got to treat it. They're, they're playing until that 90 minutes before the game and that official inactive list comes out. You got to assume these guys are playing. That's it. Don't think, oh, he was uh, limited. Shoot, screw that. I'd, I'd love to be limited all week. Let me practice on Fridays and I'll play on Sundays. I'll be limited the whole week. I would love it. That'd be the way to do it. <laughs> Anthony, how about, how about the other side now, the other team? We talked about the lines. You said Hutchison's the guy you're circling. You said the run game's the guy you're circling. What about for Detroit's perspective? Who's the guy they should be circling on their, uh, on this game? You know, I think they're definitely going to show a lot of respect to Terry McLaurin. I, I think that's going to be – that's going to happen for the first few weeks and as long as – you know, until everybody else shows that they're going to be able to hold it down without Terry. So I think he's going to get to be the first one to get a lot of attention – uh, especially on that offensive side, and, and like we spoke earlier, you're just going to roll. Uh, you're going to—they're probably going to have to roll a safety over the top, and you know, play a little two shell, keep that corner down, press, and and try to negate him from the from the game, and, and make Carson go to those new guys 
and those young guys. So obviously Terry McLaurin sounds like an easy, easy answer, and and I think it is. But if 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 Washington continues to showcase that everybody else is going to eat, regardless if Terry doesn't get his, and they can win, then you'll start to see some game plans change. But right now, y'all got to make sure y'all uh, don't let Terry get started. Yeah, and you mentioned the two shell. That's actually kind of like what they like to run. That's like their main scheme uh, because yeah. what do you, what do you call it? Ag came from New Orleans. They ran a lot of two, and then they also ran that in LA with us, Staley and AP, who's our passing coordinator. So. Yep. You know how you kind of said we don't really have a guy that could shut down that field? I don't think that Washington either has that type of player, honestly. That is I don't true. think William Jackson is there yet. Maybe he will be, but I don't think he's there right now. And Fuller was – I mean, he didn't have the best game last week. I think he solid yeah. didn't have the best game last week. So Man, I can see right. also Detroit being like, hey, let's – I mean, they tested Slay last week. They tested Bradbury. I could see them test these two guys too. Yeah, I don't I don't see them being afraid. I don't – I mean, if, if you're being real, like you could say these teams are pretty similar and they have a few differences on offense, but I think they're both pretty similar, I, overall, I'm impressed by how both teams played in week one. Being down 14 late and then fighting back, even though, yes, Detroit came up just short, put up 35 on a team that you know people project to win the NFC East. Uh, yes, you gave up 38, but you put up 35 points. You fought back down 14, similar in Washington. Those are big, 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 big things. And if you think about it, two years ago, or hell, last year, if Detroit was down 14-0, Y'all would have been like, well, that's it. Pack it on up. Let's go on home. Right. So you had to <laughs> you had to have felt that way. Same thing with Washington. Now, if Washington would be down 14-0 late after two picks, Twitter blows up. There we go. Same old Washington. But no, those guys showed up. They came back and made some plays. So I think they're both two talented teams. Um, they definitely have some room to grow, but I think this game is it's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be a closer game than people think. I think it's gonna be a battle. Um yeah, it's going to come down to ball control. Who's going to take care of that ball? I'm with you there. And it looks like Vegas agrees with you, too. I mean, it's only a one-and-a-half spread. And this is actually the first time I just looked in 24 games the Lions are actually favored to, to win a game. Congratulations. We had, <laughs> I mean, I don't, know if that, I don't know if that's good or bad thing because this could bite us in the ass very quickly. Congratulations. <laughs> like, what do we do with this? What do we what what is this? It's like you're yeah. a favorite. Like what is that? I, I do believe the last time we were favorite, I think we lost. Uh, if I can remember, do you remember what team was it, Tyler? That we were favorite. I don't know. That was before I was into betting, so I, I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with the lines being favorite. So because I'm usually like, if I'm taking the lines, I'm taking the points with it. That's why I feel yeah. good about the lines. But now, yeah. plus, plus whatever a, the lines, yeah, yeah. Both. This is this is. I mean, hell, it's a one and a half. I mean, earlier I think it was one. So. I mean, shoot, are they going to win or not, Tyler? What do you think? I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think Washington's going to win this game? What's your predictions in this game? I, I think Washington can win. I think they will win. I think it's going to come. It's going to be a hell of a performance uh, to, to slow down the running game. I think that's the main thing and, and being able to get active early. So I, I think Washington's going to win this game. You're riding on momentum. You know, you're riding on momentum. Um, earlier, another guy brought up the fact that you're going against another quarterback from the same you know these two quarterbacks in the same draft number one versus yeah. number two or what is it so right yeah. like that's another little storyline like i don't know if they're going to blow that one up on the on the broadcast or not but i think washington can get the w i really do um it's not just being a homer or anything like that i just think that overall um if you can handle that run it's going to give you the best opportunity but it's going to still be tough Andy, my question is though oh, you think they can handle that run? James Robinson 
ran all over. Uh, you act like Washington you act, State. but you act like James Robinson is a, is a slouch though. No, he's not he, a slouch, but I'm saying our O line is a lot much more talented than. Jackson. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's gonna be the challenge. It's not gonna be easy. When I cut on the tape, I was like, okay, oh, shit. Oh, shit. these dudes, these dudes are playing now. Like 35 points is 35 points. I don't care. People are like, oh, it's Detroit. Like you gonna get don't go don't go up there and get punched in the mouth. Like you can't you can't assume it. I think that they can stop them, but the. I looked at the Washington tape and, you know, linebackers were missing gaps. Uh, you know, Davis, right. did. I know I saw him miss a few gaps and give up some big runs. And that's the stuff that can't happen. And I, I that's why I feel all three levels of those of that defense, they have to get on the same page and say, hey, if we're calling this. I need you to help me here. You know, it's a run. You need to fit here. Everybody has to talk uh, right. because once if one person's out of place, you give up big plays. I mean, yeah. Swift did it on what second, third play of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I I don't know, man. If I mean that's that's we had two home games, and if Detroit loses both home games to start the season, I think that's that's gonna be not gonna be a good look, man. <laughs> that's not gonna be a good look at all, man. Man, but I mean, shoot, you get it's not a good look. No, it's probably not. It's not the best God, look. That but, is a horrible look. That's but <laughs> but the thing, but for me. I'm a guy that I, I love seeing teams like grow and improve, you know, like two games in, it doesn't determine what, you know, what y'all's end game is going to be. I think that if y'all got whooped in week one, then maybe you like oh, going on two really ain't the vibe, but you, you lost by three points. So like you had a valiant effort that you know, it was a game that could have been won by Detroit. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you got your asses whooped. Yeah, you got your asses whooped. That's been this like a story mm. that we've seen over, yes, and over we, we, yeah. as Lions fans. Yeah. We, we, we get these moral victories. Man. We're hey. like, okay, we're, we're gonna bounce them. back. Like, we're gonna hey. bounce back next week, and we're gonna whoop that team's ass. <laughs> Whatever so, so, happens next week, goes lose. <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, I'm gonna give you an example. Like last year, we played the Rams. We played the Rams. I mean, that's and a good the Rams, team. the Rams is a good team. You know, we as Lions fans was like, all right, we know we have no hope. Okay, we're gonna take this L and just think about next week. So the Lions they played their ass off and they played them to the last drive. They only lost by what six? Yeah, six or seven. Yeah, yeah. So you know the same thing. Oh, we we played a tough team. We played them hard. We played them tough. What happened? What happened that following week, Tyler? Is that the Philly game? That was the Philly game. God damn it. Hey, but I mean, wasn't that wasn't that late in the year though? Wasn't that late in the year? No, it was midway. It was, it was, uh, it was ha- Halloween weekend. Was that? Yeah, that I think best. I think I think that's when Philly had went on that run though. I, all I'm saying, the hell, we got the hot. <laughs> y'all, okay, okay. Let's see. You gave up 41 last year. You gave up 38 this year. So you're on the right track. You, you <laughs> yeah, scored yeah. more than six, yeah, so, right? So you, you're true. getting better. Take we're, we're, we're getting better. We're getting better. Let me let me sprinkle a little positivity. I, mean, I like you, it. the Washington, you know, nation. There's a lot of negativity that happens over there too. I call them out. I say, guys, y'all got to cut that out, man. I like it. It doesn't help anything. You know, I understand. I understand being real, and I understand going into the game knowing you're overmatched. But you truly, you at least want to see him put up a hell, put up a fight. You know what I mean? And y'all fought first week. Like, don't act like you don't act like, I mean, the way everything else is going, I mean, you saw Green Bay got whooped. Y'all might want to be like, well, man, maybe if we can string a couple of these things together, you know, I ain't no telling what Chicago's going to do. I don't I mean, I think them beating San Francisco may not be that big of a deal, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I think San Fran, they're hurting a little bit, but 
Between that, be that right. field, between that and that field, man. Man, I tell you that. Uh, Have you ever played in a field like that? Soldier Field, or are you well, talking about no. being all rainy? Yeah, being like playing in the field nah, like that. Not that rainy before. That, that nah, was that was that was some other stuff, man. That will that will negate my best ability. Like I'm a speed guy, and I'm like it's a yeah. wet track, coach. Like I don't know what you want me to do, man. And yeah. I, I I got an interesting question. This is no correlation to this Sunday, but I'm just interested as a fan because FedEx Field gets a lot of shit for how bad the field is. For a guy who played on the field, is it true or not that the field is shit? Man, I tell you, so. There was definitely a big time where it was like, this grass is horrible. Um, it was somewhere, I forget what part of the year, where they would host the like the Army-Navy game or something like that. And these suckers, yeah, I mean, they run option all day. And they wore the hell out of the field on a Saturday. It might have been like a military game. It was something where it was just like sledgehammers on the grass the whole time. Well, so they replaced they had replaced some of the side. They replaced the logo and they had replaced like the on the ends of the feet, like the end zone. So it was like literally in a few spots, there was like an inch, you know, gap of of, uh, of grass where you had to like navigate that. But yeah, there were a couple of times it was bad, but early on in the year it's it, it is pretty nice. Um it's you know, it's not like it's just garbage all year but that that time i was like hey don't ever do this again like whoever scheduled this don't do that in no more no more so they they did go through and they replaced all the grass and they did a whole brand new so it's good grass now so so were you a guy that preferred playing outdoors or playing in a dome like ford field um i think i like i think i like outdoors i mean the dome i mean it gives you like consistent um you know temperatures and everything if i can be picky it's gonna be outdoors and it's gonna be like 75 80 it's gonna be like a nice warm pleasant day um if it's raining i'll take the dome all day i do not i don't want to be in the weather i'm cool on that Mm -mm. no i don't need um it get too cold sometimes man like playing everybody's like it's football weather who voted on that (laughs) who the defensive defensive lineman and offensive lineman voted on that (laughs) The guys, the guys who Grizzly don't ever touch the ball, they don't ever touch the ball. We're talking about it's football weather. No, it's not. This is hibernation weather for you. <laughs> big ass. The bears. The big bears. <laughs> yeah, shoot. No, man. That I, I liked uh, I liked I did play a game in Ford Field. Almost had a hundred yards up there. Almost. Rex wouldn't throw me the ball for the last like five. Pissed me off, but it's all good. All right. Is that all you guys got? Yes. Anything else? So uh, you said the Washington game. Just give us like a score prediction, Anthony. Ooh, score prediction. So it's a little one and a half point. There's one point early. I, I do think Washington wins. Okay. Uh, you put 28 last week. Y'all put up 35. It needs to stay. In, uh, let's say let's say Washington puts up 31. 31, 28. Okay. 31-28. What's the what's yeah. the over, Tyler? Do you do you have the over in front of you? That's a great question. Let me pull that up really quick. I can pull that up fast. The over yeah. under. Let me know what's your score prediction, though. Let me know, Pierre. While we oh. wait on the over. Normally we give out later in the week, but I'll give mine out right now. Um, the over under is 48 and a half. So, and a half. so, okay. so that's 24, 24, 24 to 25. I'd see. I think it could go over that. You know, I think it can go over that, but if it's a shootout, I'm not liking it. I don't like it to be a shootout. I'm, I just say, don't uh, see that being a good thing. 
I'm gonna say Lions thirty to twenty three. Thirty to twenty three. High scoring hmm. games. Yeah. I mean, Pierre told me to bet the under last week, and that obviously yeah, flopped very badly. That was, that was a huge L. Bro, is it's week me... one. It's hard to predict, bro. I told is you don't bet me... on it. Is he giving? Is he giving you them Jim Cramer picks? Like anything he yeah, says, no, do the opposite don't, type don't, of vibe. Or? Yeah, don't listen to him. <laughs> no, Anthony, Anthony, I literally told him, I was like, bro, don't bet this. He literally grabs his phone. He goes like, I was like, I want to touch this. He grabs his phone while they're on the show. He's like, watch this. He literally oh, no, so he, so he, so he, so he didn't listen to you. No, he, he literally said he, he goes, oh, I think this is gonna be a defensive slugfest. He goes, you know what? If I, if I like, I kind of like the under this game. I'm like, all right, bet. I'll, I'll bet the under then. I was oh, like, I was like, bet at your own, like, bet at your own risk. Don't listen to me, because I. Oh, he gave the disclaimer. He was like, yeah, exactly. Know. He's like, yeah, you know, the, you know, you know the one, Malcolm. But I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know shit. I don't know that. So, That's so, funny. so, Pierre, what, what was the score you, you gave? Uh, thirty to twenty-three. Thirty to 30 twenty-three. 23. Tyler, what do you yeah. have, man? Taking lines in this game as well. I guess I'll, I'll show my inner homerness in this game. I think I think we're just a little better team than Washington. No, we're not much better. I mean, we're not like the Lions are not a team where you look at it and saying they're significantly better than any other team in the NFL. But I think this is a team that could win. Um, I think it's not a must win game, but I think they have some extra incentive to win this game after starting the season 0-1. So uh, I'm going to take the Lions. Let's go hmm. let's go 28-20 Detroit. 28-20. You know what? And I'm going to go this way, man. And only because we're 0-1, man. If, if we're both 1-1 and or both 0-1, I think it'll be up in the air. But I think Detroit just need this more. I think Detroit need because if you guys go one and one, you, you guys are still good. You know, you one and one. <laughs> we need to go one and one. I think Detroit, this, the city needs to go one and one because we cannot drop. I'm telling you, having two starting season two home games, you cannot drop both of these home games. I think we got like what? How many road games we have in a row after this? Just one. You come back. Just one. Seattle. And then Seattle. And you come back for Seattle. Okay. And, and, and then you play Foxborough and go to Foxborough. You could, you could you could find a way to beat Seattle. I would hope. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Not worried about Seattle yeah. right now. We hope so. We hope so. Week by week. We like to go week by week though. Oh, we're we're about Washington, we, we just can't. We can't, man. We can't. Oh, and two. That's not gonna look good for Dan Campbell. Not gonna, not gonna look good for the, the Detroit Lions. The fighting uh, Dan Campbells, man. The fighting Dan Campbells, man. I think y'all, I think y'all to be okay if you go on to. I think it'll no, be fine. no, we we know because we, you know it's a long season, but I mean, yeah, it's like how you said that you had those fans. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Lions the, the, the type of the type of the type of Lions Twitter. It just the scope for it. For a bit. Yeah, I don't like that, man. That stuff just it just it wears you down. Like it wears you down. Like I, it's, you look at stuff and it's like good news, a happy shiny day, and they're like, "Hey, do you remember these bad plays in our team's history?" And I'm like, "Why are we posting this? You understand, like, man? Why they 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 get to they 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 want to get rid of people quick." Like after week one, we had people saying fire our defensive coordinator Eric Glenn. Like what? Man, oh, to, to, be fair, that, to be fair, that to be fair, that was one person, but that, that was one person. But <laughs> you see it like you're like, wait, come on, man. This is week one, man. Are you kidding me? Man, I tell you, I mean that 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 Detroit team, Dan's got them going in the right direction. Definitely um, and if you you gotta be real. People gotta be real. You don't go from Absolutely. first overall pick or second overall pick. To Super Bowl, like in NCS, I know somebody's gonna ping. Let's just say, let's just Cincinnati. Yeah, there you go. Somebody's gonna Google 
Somebody's gonna Google it, and, and uh, you know, but I mean, they had they killed it. Joe Burrow, then back to Jamar Chase. So uh, yeah. maybe, maybe you need one more year behind that. But that doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. You know, everybody wants to go from from uh, from the bottom of the barrel to the top in in the off season. Just think that just make all the trades like it's Madden. It ain't like Madden. It ain't how it goes. <laughs> uh, even though it looked a little bit like it this past year. I mean, it it does take some time to build some teams and. Y'all got stuff going in the right direction. I mean, I truly think like on defense, y'all probably need like that one one splash player to be like a linebacker or you know game breaking uh, cornerback or something to 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 help you know uh, give Hutchinson some help. Because if he's going to be as good as everybody's expecting, that's going to be one guy, right? Maybe love be get somebody else on the other end, get you a linebacker or something or a corner that can at least you know try to play some man and lock some stuff up. Anthony, keep an eye on number 44, or uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. Malcolm that Rodriguez. Keep an That's eye a on linebacker, yeah? Rookie yeah, in the sixth round pick. But okay. he doesn't play like a – so he, he fell in the draft because he's small and doesn't have a lot of length. But the kid plays like – he's like 6'3", 250, but he's like he's like small. Yeah. yeah. Reminds hey. me of Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. Hey, if that's a, if that's a good of, comparison. You remind, remind me of Zach Thomas, man. That's a and hell of a Okuda, comparison. Okuda had a solid yeah, game Kuda. last week against Philly, so hopefully he starts stacking up those. Yeah, I mean, there is some young talent just a work in progress. Yeah, and that's that's the part. I mean, I feel like in, so there's some teams that are really good at developing their own players, and some teams aren't. A lot of teams just aren't patient enough to try to do it, and I, and I get it, but I, I could see in some spots where it's like it's more beneficial to actually have players know that they're going to be worked with and developed and they're going to have a chance to actually improve rather than hey you better show up day one and you know take us to the promised land it doesn't always happen it doesn't really does right happen. yeah that's the focus here player development i mean they they went out and signed chark that was about it like yeah. they signed to sean elliott but you know yeah. they it's, really hard, it's hard it's hard to mix new people in because you mix somebody right. who's been like nine years in another spot and they come in and they want to do things their way but you're also trying to teach the young players how to do it the team's way, but the new guy doesn't even want to do it the team's way. You know, it, it's not every situation, but I mean, these are different scenarios that can happen where it's just kind of hard to build those, you know, uh, mentalities and overall team chemistries. And you know, it, I mean, you see how long it's taken in Washington. I, I think I think Ron Rivera is a great coach. He's got the great uh, mentality, great character, and he instills the right values into the players. And and you can see that it, it seems to be showing itself out on the field. And the way that Dan came in to Detroit, uh, and he was really banging hard. You know his his way that he wanted the team to be hard nosed, physical, work hard guys, and and it's starting to show up on tape. I mean, it's really starting to show up on tape. And you'll be all right this season, even if you go on to uh, against the Commanders. How's the, how's the chatter with you know with the fans and Ron Rivera? Do do they? Do they see him like the coach of the future, or are there and, are there people like screaming for his job already? Man, I think it's that you, you get it a little bit of everything. You know, there's some folks that are preaching patience. Um, there's some folks who are saying he's on the hot seat. He's got to do it this year. You know, they're oh, we've got the quarterback. We got to win this year. And I'm like, we're going in the right direction. Like last year, I think last year, uh, I think last year kind of showed more of of where they were at. Um, realistically coming off of, you know, winning the NFC East. It was a weak division and they won it. So then they ended up drawing a a tough ass schedule 
And then they got beat up. And you know, you're like, okay, so maybe we aren't what we thought we were yet. And that's perfectly fine. It's a part of maturation and growing. You kind of have to go through those things. And now year three, the defense is trying to prove themselves again. Um, they want to work as a unit rather than just individually make plays. And that's going to show itself. Um, but, you know, Ron's got those guys going in the right way. I think the the, the changes in the front office, Jason, uh, uh, Jason Wright, you know, getting him in the building and, you know, they, they've done a good job, you know, trying to, you know, I don't want to say safe face, but, you know, do things the right way, you know, put, put things out there the right way. And, and they're handling the rebrand in my opinion, pretty well. Um, that's a tough thing to do. You got all these years of history that you're trying to change and pivot to something else. And, and, it, and it's tough for the fans, but I think they're on the right track. I think that Ron, I think he deserves to be there a little bit longer. Cause if you cut, I think if you cut the ties a little bit too soon, you give up a lot of the uh, progress that you've already made. Yeah. And like, Obviously, historically, the culture in Washington hasn't always been the best, and I think he's done a good job with um, with the culture there. Like when he first was hired, he said like he's not going to tolerate any bullshit, and it showed like during these past what two, three seasons you guys have had with them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, I've I've always kind of had this thought like you bring in certain type of coaches uh, depending on where you're at with the team. If it's younger guys, you got to have a, a coach that can come in and kind of you know work the troops and get them in line and make sure that, you know, they're doing things the right way. Um, and then, you know, if that, if that starts to wear people down, that's when you start to see players, coaches show back up. But I think Ron Rivera is a good guy. I mean, everything you heard about when he got the job, uh, you heard about players actually going and taking visits to Washington and, and actually considering going to the organization all because of the head coach. And that right. says a lot. That says a lot. And and he, Going from you know years of futility where you can't sign anybody and you have to overpay players to get them to come to the city, um, now you have guys that are actually considering it because of the guy who's at the head coach and some of the decisions that you're making. Uh, so it makes sense to me to keep him in the you know the uh, the organization as long as possible, uh, especially as long as things are going good. You don't just keep him here just to keep him, but if things keep going well, yeah, you got to give him a chance. Right. All right. That is going to be a wrap to this episode. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, again, where could they find you in your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Believe in Commanders podcast. Check it out. It's on the Believe Network. Um, shoot all, all those podcasting platforms are on there. So you can give us a listen, you know, give us a listen, hear what we got to say about y'all. You know, we were, we were, we were nice. We weren't, we weren't picking up on the Detroit. <laughs> we loved it though. All right, Anthony, thank you so much. And uh, not going to wish you good luck this week, but I wish you good luck for the rest of this season. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time and joining us, man. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, Anthony. All right, Anthony. Have a great one, man. Yes, sir. You too.